Hello and welcome to episode 87 of section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley. As always, I'm joined by Bryson and Jacob. How are you guys? I am doing great. How are you? I'm very good. It's been an amazing week. What about you, Jacob? I was going to say the same thing. It's it's hard to feel bad when, you know, your team's in the playoffs now. Yeah, it's been insane. The Blue Jays clinching a spot in the postseason for the first time since 2016. Um, and they're not done yet. They can still advance their seeding. They could get all the way at, as high as the fifth seed in the American League. Um, they just blew out the Orioles yesterday. They've been on fire. It's been so much fun to watch this team and actually have a team go back to the postseason for, as I said, the first time in four years. It's been a long four years, but we're finally here, and it feels so good to have a team that's actually competing. It does feel really good to have a team that's competing, and um this is something that was part of, or I guess going into a shortened season, this was something that all of us kind of had, um, kind of knew that it was po- more possible than it would have been in a regular season. And I'll say it again, Jacob was the one who actually predicted it from the get-go. Mark, you and I were both skeptical. And, um, you know, I think we eventually got more optimistic as it went on, but kudos to Jacob for believing that they'd be in a playoff spot uh, prior to Game 1 when they opened up that um, awful weekend in Tampa Bay. I remember how stressful that was. With all, it's just crazy to see where they were two months ago. And the, the best part was, it was only two months ago. And in a, in a regular baseball season, that would feel like um, yesterday. But it almost, it almost feel, it does feel like yesterday. And um, it's been two months, and it's crazy to see how quickly this season really did fly by in a 60-game season. And with the Blue Jays' win, they have currently, or I guess the seeding where they currently sit at, they currently are the last, uh, last uh, seed in the American League. But, of course, that is all subject to possibly change. Uh, the one thing we do know for sure is that they will be going to the playoffs, but um, we don't know for sure who they'd be playing. Even if they finish as the eighth seed, it's not guaranteed to be Tampa, I believe. And on the other bright side, the Jays are only one game behind the Yankees, so it's also possible the Jays could potentially pass them this weekend. Um, and that would be huge if they did, because if the Jays did, uh, they would, or they would be still, um, the Jays would still be in a good spot. They would probably jump to the fifth seed, and. Um, you know, there's more other teams that they can potentially play, like Cleveland, um, maybe Minnesota. There's a whole bunch of things that can still pan out this weekend, so it's not even for sure um, where they're we're going to be going for the um, or who they're going to be playing for the postseason. And it's crazy to see how um, you know just just how exciting the game really was on uh, on um, Thursday. Um, you know, obviously no fans maybe ruins a little bit of the hype, um, and maybe the fact that they're not even in Toronto also ruins the hype because obviously going back to 2015 and 2016, I'm sure you guys can relate saying, you know, those two years were obviously a lot more exciting than this year, but there still is excitement for this year. And this, this year's excitement is a little bit different just because of all the hurdles this team really had to go through and the rest, you know, hurdles that really the MLB and other fans are across the game that aren't fans of the Blue Jays really understood what they had to go, what they had to go up against. Um, you know, going, the, the biggest factor was a, they had no home. Uh, they were denied in Pittsburgh. They were probably going to be denied in Baltimore. They had no home after two weeks of the season. They had to open up at visitors or visitors' ballparks as the home team. 
and then they eventually were, you know, uh, decided to go to Buffalo, and they had to renovate Salem Field in Buffalo in just over two weeks, and, you know, the biggest part about it as well is it's a minor league complex, and that's where the Jays uh, spent their their season in, and um, it's crazy to believe how successful it went for them, just because of how difficult it looked, and it, it, I'm sure it was difficult, but the fact that, you know, it shows how strong of a team they really are, how close of a team they are, um, the great leadership they had probably going through the coaching staff, through the rest of the players, they managed to, everything to work out, and the team itself on paper we knew that was going to be a lot better, and the addition of Henjin Ryu probably was one of the final pieces to say this is part of the future. We know the lineup. We know the future of the lineup. We know players like Kevin Biggio, uh, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who's been on fire the past few games in particular. And even, um, you know, throughout the, the list, like Teoscar Hernandez, who is still probably the most consistent hitter on this team this year, uh, Lourdes Gurriel, there's so many names. Um, and then there's, you know, there's recent additions like Alejandro Kirk, who has been on fire since being activated, and he hasn't played a game other than in single A. So just things like that to really take in and really to understand how special of a team uh, this season really was. And first of all, this season alone, just how unpredictable it could have been uh, throughout the rest of the major leagues. And, I, you know, it's it's easy. It's no debate that if they were in Toronto and there would be fans here or, you know, th there would be a lot more buzz than they are getting. But I think once Tuesday hits, I think that's when they're going to be having the full... Uh, country behind them, and I think that's when you're going to be hearing even more about them, as um, you know, as the playoffs approach. Because play nothing is more exciting than to watch playoff baseball. And the one thing we do know is, as much as it won't make a difference, maybe it will a little bit. Uh, there is supposed to be fans at some of the games in the bubble, and whether it's going to be in San Diego, L.A., Arlington, or I should say the new Texas Rangers Stadium, and in Houston, uh, there are plans to have fans in a neutral site, which would be odd, but I guess it would be a fun road trip for uh, people who live in the States. Definitely not worth a two-week quarantine up in Canada as of now, especially for a wild card round, but it's going to get exciting. Uh, and, and like I said, playoff baseball is probably one of the most exciting things to watch. Unfortunately, um, you know, it won't be as normal. You know, the one thing too that kind of took uh, things away was the uh, champagne showers were kind of banned throughout the rest throughout the whole game, and that's kind of like a ritual for any team that would clinch a, a, a playoff position or win, win any sort of playoff round, including a wild card round. It's, re it's a really fun time to be a fan, and this team potentially could do damage in the playoffs. You know, I'm, I know a lot of people are a little bit skeptical of who they might be playing, like the Tampa Bay Rays, maybe the Chicago White Sox, maybe the Minnesota Twins, maybe Cleveland, but don't rule out the Jays. They've been in a lot of games this year. And the past few and the past week alone, they've kind of rebounded from what they were their struggles for a few weeks ago. Um, in particular, in New York against the Yankees, the J the Jays have really kind of turned it around, and they're really hitting into the playoffs with strong momentum. Yeah, it's it it honestly is just it's crazy to think that you know they actually made the playoffs, and it's just been such a an interesting season, like you said, Bryce. And they didn't know where their home was going to be. You know, they started the season with, what, I think it was a three-week road trip, even though they really were hoping to stay in Toronto. Uh, it's just, it's been such an such a weird year, you know, on and off the field. Uh, you know, just, but I think to see this team clicking together so well has definitely helped them. Um, if you've listened to any broadcasts uh, of the Blue Jays games, you've definitely heard Buck Martinez, Dan Schulman talking about how close of a team this is, and... You know, a lot of that is because of summer camp. They stayed in Toronto together. They literally just stayed in the Rogers Center because of the hotel. They didn't go anywhere. And to see this team 
you know, clicking and they play for each other. I think that's the best way to put it. I think Buck Martinez has said that a million times. They don't, they don't play to win as, you know, to win as a Blue Jay. They play to win for their fellow teammates. And I think that's honestly the best part because they're all picking each other up. And one thing that's honestly really interesting to see is whenever they show videos or the, the cameras during the broadcast are pointed towards the the Blue Jays dugout, you always see guys talking together. And it's not like it's just Bichette and Biggio or, you know, Teoscar Hernandez and, you know, Danny Jansen or just a few guys talking to the, together. They're all communicating together. And you can tell that this is really just a big, uh, it's a big group with a lot of chemistry and it's awesome. They're playing for each other, like I said, and, you know, they're a good team. I don't think, you know, we can shy away from that anymore. They they had their ace, like you said, in Hunjin Ryu. Uh, they unfortunately lost their closer for this year and is probably, you know, he, well, I'm not going to say probably, he's he's gone for next year, unfortunately, with his, with his uh, Tommy John surgery. Uh, but they've had a lot of breakout years. Like you mentioned, Teoscar Hernandez is finally, you know, I've been fond of him ever since he came to the Blue Jays from Houston. Uh, he's struggled the last couple of years, especially uh, with his strikeouts and pitches down and away in the zone, but he's definitely been really good this year. Uh, you know, we've seen guys like Bichette and Biggio, even though with Bichette's injury, he's, you know, he's really come into his own. We've seen, like you said, Alejandro Kirk, he... I think he solidifies the catching position for the Blue Jays because we've seen, you know, with Reese McGuire, he, you know, unfortunately was awful this year and he couldn't throw runners out. He was hitting under 100, if I'm not mistaken, whereas now they have a catcher who's really taken the world by storm after literally not playing above a ball or, you know, so it's, it's just, it's crazy to see, you know, all of these unlikely scenarios really working out for the team. Uh, and honestly, I don't think we can count them out. I think we're going to get to this later, but I think the Blue Jays can compete with anybody in the American, American League right now. Do I think they're going to win the World Series? Not really. Uh, I don't think that's where they are right now, but I don't know why they can't compete with the Rays if that's who they are, even if uh, up against, even if they're the number one seed and the Blue Jays are the eighth seed. I think they can compete with anybody, and I think this team believes they can compete with anybody, and it's fun. I mean, I'm... Their first game is, I believe, on Tuesday in uh, at the Trop. So, you know, I'm counting the days down. I mean, it's there's still two more games in the season, and I mean, things could change. You know, if with the the Yankees lost last night to the to the Miami Marlins and the Blue Jays won, so if the the Yankees lose either today or tomorrow and the Blue Jays win both their games, then obviously the standings are going to change a little bit. But you know, I think regardless of who the Blue Jays play, I, I kind of would prefer the Rays just because of the familiarity, but I think this team believes they could beat anybody, and it's it's a fun time to be a Blue Jays fan. I, I've said this from the start ever since the expanded playoffs were announced that I think they could actually make the playoffs, and now that they have qualified, it's it, it's it's a great feeling. And you know, with especially in Toronto, with the the disappointments that the other two teams uh, had this year in the playoffs, I think the Blue Jays as kind of an underdog. It's just. It's awesome, and I think this they're definitely ahead of schedule. Uh, I'm not complaining about that. I think that's awesome, and it's, just, it's a great time to be a Blue Jays fan, and you know, especially after that bad week that they had uh, the week prior where they lost six straight. Everyone was like, oh, well, this is you know, this is not good, but they've shown us that, hey, you know what? It might be down at times. We might not have a home for the first three weeks. We might lose six straight games. We might lose our closer. You know, we might 
do might have anything bad, but hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna give up on ourselves, and it's just it's great to see. Jacob, you deserve the right to brag all you want. You've been right the whole time, um, and I was wrong. I thought they wouldn't make the postseason, but yeah, it has been incredible to see this team. I mean, they are something else. Even though you know they make mistakes all the time, and we can criticize them all we want for those, but. The, they make up for it in their energy, in their relentless optimism. Um, you know, it never seems like they're out of the game. Never seems like in the dugout they kind of just accept defeat. Or even if they're winning, they don't accept the fact that they're winning. They're always, as you mentioned, talking to each other, trying to learn, trying to stay involved in the game, making it look like fun. Um, so it's been a lot of fun to watch it. And Jacob, you mentioned the different possibilities and kind of seeding um, possibilities for the Blue Jays this year. It's confusing, especially when we only have two games left and every game and every tiebreaker matters. But I'll try to break it down now. Um, the Blue Jays had the possibility or had the capability of passing the Cleveland baseball team. But that is no longer possible because Cleveland won last night. They walked off the Pittsburgh Pirates um, in the bottom of the ninth. So that's no longer possible in order for them to overtake Cleveland for the second, for the first wildcard spot um, for the seventh seed overall. They would have had to win all their games. Cleveland would have had to lose all their games. Since Cleveland won, that's no longer possible. The only remaining change that could happen to the Blue Jays seeding is if they overtake the New York Yankees for the second spot in the AL East, and for that to happen, the Blue Jays have to win all their games. The Blue Jays cannot tie with the Yankees losing a game. If they lose a game, they lose a season series against the Yankees. I know it's super confusing. I'm just going to read a little bit of the post I put up about all the different possibilities about this because it is super complicated. Um, So if Toronto wins all of their remaining games, this was put up yesterday, so Toronto won yesterday, they have to win today, they have to win tomorrow, and New York loses all of their remaining games, Toronto would take the second spot in the AL East because they would have a better record than the Yankees. The Yankees right now, I think, are 32-27, and 27, or 32-26, and 26. Blue Jays are 30-27, and 27, I want to say, um, if that's right. Uh... 31 and 27. There we go. Perfect. Um, So if the Blue Jays win all their games, Yankees lose all their games, no tiebreakers, Blue Jays have the better record. If the Blue Jays win three and the Yankees win two, then the teams have the same record at the end of the season. And then the tiebreaker, the first tiebreaker, goes to the team's head-to-head record this season. The Blue Jays and Yankees have both won five and lost five against each other. So they're tied on that. So it would go to the next tiebreaker which is intra-division record the division against the the record you have this season against other teams in your division and guess what the Blue Jays and Yankees would be tied on that if the Blue Jays sweep the Orioles this series they'd be both I think 23 and 17 on the season against teams in their division so it would go to the next tiebreaker which is your record against teams in your division in the last 20 games which the Blue Jays are 12 and 8, or they will be 12 and 8 if they sweep the Orioles. The Yankees are 11 and 9. So, all that being said, if the Blue Jays win 3, the Yankees lose at least 2. The Blue Jays will overtake the Yankees for the 5th spot in the AL East. We've already seen the Blue Jays 
win one. We've already seen the Yankees lose one, so the Blue Jays now have to win their remaining two games. The Yankees have to lose one of their remaining two games. Um, it's complicated. There's a lot of moving parts here. Um, not to mention, it's not guaranteed who the Blue Jays are actually going to be playing in the seeds. I mean, the Rays are almost guaranteed to be the first seed right now. I think they might actually be guaranteed after last night. But, you know, the other moving parts in this, the Oakland Athletics, the Minnesota Twins, the Chicago White Sox are all kind of moving around in this. So a lot of uncertainty. Um, Bottom line, I guess, do you guys think the Blue Jays can overtake the Yankees? Do you even want them to overtake the Yankees? I know, Jacob, you mentioned you would you kind of just want to see the Blue Jays play the Rays. So what do you guys think about that? It's it's hard to say because like the rest of the American League hasn't even been settled yet. And, you know, there's so many moving pieces, not even just for the Jays, like you mentioned, that complicated tiebreaker scenario, but you know, other teams can potentially move up, they could potentially move down. And, um, you know, I think one of the most recent changes, too, that we saw within the division was a few days ago when the Cleveland uh, baseball team passed the Chicago White Sox um, after they played a series in Cleveland where Cleveland pretty much um, got the better hand of them. And prior to that, Chicago was leading the division. So my point is there's still a lot of moving pieces to go. Uh, The only thing that we know is the American League is set in terms of the eight teams that will make the playoffs. Uh, The National League still has about one, three more teams that could potentially sneak in that aren't in the playoff picture right now. But the point is, for the American League, um, the seeding still has not really been determined yet. And uh, there's, like I said, there's lots of moving pieces. The one thing that we, the only really thing that we know for sure is the the Rays will be the first seed, or it's pretty much likely as the next best team would be the Oakland Athletics, who are three games behind them, as well as the Minnesota Twins are, are also three games behind Tampa. So it looks like Tampa will be the number one seed for sure. Uh, I guess that could potentially change unless it's guaranteed to happen. Uh, with only two games left, but anyways, um, for the Blue Jay standards, it would be Tampa Bay if they finished eighth, and then if they would pass, um, if they would pass the Yankees, and then that would put the Jays in fifth, and that means they potentially play Cleveland, which it also looks likely that Cleveland will finish as the fourth seed, um, unless the White Sox can pass them since they're actually the White Sox could still pass them as they both have the same record, so you can also be looking at the White Sox. So those are pretty much the most likely teams the Jays would play. And you can even throw in Minnesota. The, the AL Central is pretty much really competitive. Those top three teams are still fighting. And the, it would likely be one of those three teams if the Jays passed the Yankees. But if not, if the Jays stayed in eighth, they would play Tampa. And I know that, like I said before, there's not a lot of optimism, or at least even from our parts, from what I've remembered of the Jays going far in the playoffs. But uh, the, the one thing, too, is I think the Jays did pretty good against Tampa this year. I think, I think it was pretty evenly matched. I'm not for sure unless I'm completely wrong. But... Um, I know the Jays um, were pretty much in every game, like I mentioned earlier as well. So no matter who they play, I, I really don't think you can rule them out from any possible upset because of what we've seen from them. I've, they've given me no reason to believe that they're completely ruled out of winning a series. I know they have, or the past few weeks have been a little rough in terms of being blown out by teams, especially like the Yankees. But uh, other than that, they've been in pretty much every single game, and they've been also blowing teams out themselves as they... Uh, one game, the Yankees blow out the Jays, and the next night, the Jays return the favor. But the Jays are competitive. Uh, they can be. They can pretty much play with any team in the American League, from what I've seen this year. Um, and that you know, you can't rule anything like out like that. And um, you know, it's going to come down to starting rotation. It's going to. It's just going to come down to production. But the Jays have the pieces to potentially uh, win a series. And if you want to start for a, a, a simple scenario, you know, you send out Hunjin Ryu for game one. 
uh, what if you you know early one and then you you would expect Ryu to have a good outing. Boom, the Jays are up one nothing. They need to take two out of three uh, to potentially move on to the next round. That's just one example, but I think the Jays have the pieces to do it. They know the Tampa Bay Rays uh, really well. And the other thing too is if they play a, like a team from the AL Central, who knows how that will go? Because that would be even more unpredictable. Just because. They haven't seen each other at all uh, this season. They haven't seen the Twins. They haven't seen Cleveland. They haven't seen the White Sox. Um, they haven't seen that. And even if you want to throw out the West teams, even though it's, I think it's unlikely the Jays meet up with Houston or um, the Oakland A's, they just there's been no matchups at all this year with them. And it's only been AL East and NL East teams. So that's the one thing is as much as the seeding really doesn't matter, in my opinion, of who they play, it is going to be a really, really unpredictable series or unpredictable playoff bracket to predict, just because of these situations. And of course, um, to begin with, it was a shortened season, and it was a shortened season. And uh, this is also a new playoff format that the J or that the MLB is testing out. So who knows how this goes down? Hopefully, um, it's well received around everyone. Uh, but yeah, the the one thing too is we're entering a completely new playoff structure. And a lot of these teams, the Jays, haven't even met up with this year at all, other than AL East and NLS, NL East teams. Yeah, it, it's interesting because, I mean, from a standings perspective and, you know, from a, you know, as Charlie Montoya like to say, a moral victory type scenario, if the Blue Jays do take over second place in the East, I think that would be, you know, good for them, you know, to say, hey, we overcame the Yankees, you know, we we struggled for a bit, but we were able to, you know, get over that hump. But I think... I would honestly prefer just to see them stay in the eighth seed, not because I think that they don't deserve to move up, but I think just in terms of Tampa Bay, like I said, the, the familiarity. They've played them ten times this year. There were four and six against them, and Bryson, as you were talking, I looked through all of the games that they played, and all but one of them had a final score... Uh, sorry, all but two of them had a final score of... Uh, a three-run difference or not, and one of them, the Blue Jays, won. They beat the the Rays twelve to four one time, and they lost to the Rays four to one one time. The rest of them were all one or two-run games, and you also got to remember a lot of the, or some of the early games, the first two games of the season really, uh, they lost one of those because of the uh, the Ken Giles slip up, uh, not entirely you know his fault, but that was just you know one of the games that an unfortunate series of events resulted in them losing, but. I, I think they can compete with the Tampa Bay Rays. They've, like I said, they've seen them. They know what they're expecting. You know, you're probably going to see Blake Snell game one. Uh, I looked through their rotation. They got, you know, guys like Charlie Morton, uh, Gla uh, Glassnow, Fleming. You know, they've got, obviously, the, the Rays like to, you know, use bullpen days too. But I think the Blue Jays can compete with that. Obviously, Hunjin Ryu, I would expect to pitch in game one. I think he can compete with, with Blake Snell. Uh, I'm going to be honest, you're probably going to see Taiwan Walker in game two. And then if it goes to a third game, you're probably going to see Shoemaker. I would put Shoemaker and Pearson as kind of the, I don't know if you can call it a bullpen day, but more of a, you know, like we saw last night where even in Shoemaker's first start from his return from the injured list, he pitched, I think it was three innings. And then even last night, Taiwan Walker, I think it was three innings. And then Pearson did an inning a third. You'll probably see something like that, although maybe a little bit more out of Pearson. Uh, given that it'll be his second start. But I think they can compete with that. I think that, you know, because they've they've been in close games, and I mean, they... It's not like they've been blown out. The, the Rays, standing-wise, are 
you know, mounds better than the Blue Jays in terms of the fact that they're first in the American League. But I don't think that really tells the whole story of the matchup. I think the Blue Jays could, if they can control their errors and the misplays, uh, I think when they're at their best, I think they could win. Uh, I mean, like you said, Bryson, with the with the American League uh, Central teams, uh, Minnesota, Chicago, and Cleveland, it's kind of you know, it's kind of a you know up in the air because of the fact that they haven't seen each other at all because of just the way the the geographical schedules worked this year. But I, I don't know. I think. If it, if it comes down to that, then I think we can just look at analytics and say, oh, these pitchers are better, these hitters are better. But I think with the Blue Jays and the Rays, I don't think you're really comparing just stats. You're comparing how well the teams actually played against each other. And I think the Blue Jays have played fairly well against the Rays. They haven't seen them since, where was it? I believe the last time they saw them was... It's been a bit, yeah. Yeah, it was, I think, the, 7th, the 16th of August. No, sorry, the... 24th of, of August was the last time they've seen them. So it's it's been a while, and the Blue Jays have been a much better team since they last saw the Rays. And I think, you know what, I think they can compete with them. Uh, I I know I keep saying that, but I really do. I think the Blue Jays... One thing that's interesting is everybody always says, oh, Tropicana Field, the Blue Jays are not very good there. I think to some degree that's true, but also I think it, it's kind of hard to compare this current group of Blue Jays to the group two or three years ago, even two years ago, because that was just a completely different team. And, you know, the the Jose Bautista era of Blue Jays, you know, they obviously struggled against the Rays, even out of Tropicana Field, even in the Rogers Center. I went to many games 2015 and 2014 against the Rays, and they lost, I think, most of them. But this is a a completely different team that I think, I don't want to say easily, because that makes it sound as if the Rays are a pushover, but I think the Blue Jays can compete with them, and I'm excited. I think pitching-wise, I think the Blue Jays might have a bit of an edge in starting pitching, but it's honestly going to come down to the nitty-gritty things. Are the Blue Jays going to control their errors? Are they going to control their excitement? You know, How is the managing going to work? But if the Blue Jays as a team are at their best, I think the Rays should watch out. I think there's no denying that the Rays are a really, really good team. Um you know, they are one of the best teams, if not the best team in the majors right now. They have a 38-20 and 20 record on the season. I mean, the only other team that's really even close to that is the Dodgers, who, of course, have a higher record. They're 41-17. and 17. But the Rays have been insane despite a number of injuries to them. So I think they're a really, really good team. Do I think the Blue Jays can beat them? Yes. The Blue Jays went 4-6 and six against the Rays this season, much better than they normally do against Tampa Bay. I mean, we know that Tropicana Field is a house of horrors for the Blue Jays. It has been for a number of years. You know, they went, what was it? It was like five years without winning a series at Tropicana Field. It was horrible. So, you know, the fact that they did fairly well this season, I think, is a good sign. Um, I think they can beat the Rays. That being said... I don't understand why people want the Blue Jays to stay in the 8th seed and play the Rays instead of jumping up to the 5th seed and playing a worse team. Like, the Blue Jays may have been successful against the Rays, sure. Maybe they match up well against their starters, against their bullpen. Maybe Hyunjin Ryu has been successful against them, although he did have the bad first start of the season against them. But 
you know, regardless of all that, they're still a really good team. A lot can happen that, that you know, they'll, they'll come out swinging. They'll, they'll come out playing well. And I would much rather see the Blue Jays play another team like, you know, the Chicago White Sox, who are 34-24, and 24, you know, four wins worse than the Tampa Bay Rays. And frankly, far better matched up with the Blue Jays. You know, instead of playing a 38-win team versus a 31-win team, you're going to be playing a 31-win team versus a 34-win team. Um, it just seems... I, I don't really understand the 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 desire, I guess, to stay in the seat that the Blue Jays have now. Um, despite their success against the Rays this season, I just don't want to test the Blue Jays' luck at all with playing, you know, a team that's tougher than they have to play. I think they should continue to push to get to the number five seed, play the number four seed, whether it be the Twins, whether it be the White Sox, um, and, and I think they would be better for it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, obviously, you would, you know, Technically, anybody would want to be a higher seed just because also technically gives you a better route to the potential World Series. Um, but yeah, like I just said, uh, I just don't know how I feel about it because, uh, and it even goes for teams like the Twins, Cleveland, and Chicago. I wonder how they would feel too playing a team that they haven't even seen this season. It just, it, it would definitely make it more interesting. For sure it would just because, like I said, no matchups with each other. It's almost like you're going in blind, but I don't want to call it completely I just it just it just gives me a weird feeling and it gives me a weird like vibe heading into it but um yeah I, I no like we shouldn't take anything away from the Tampa Bay Rays they obviously rightfully so have the number one seed in the American League they were a number one seed for a reason and quite frankly they were dominant this season and um but you know the Jays like you said they did better than usual against them which gives me a little bit more of um optimism if they had to match up with them but it just, I, I don't really know how I feel about the seating. I just don't feel like it makes a, a much of a difference for that reason. But hey, maybe they do match up better on paper against Chicago, Cleveland, or uh, Minnesota. It just, it just gives me um, a weird feeling because there's no familiarity. There's been nothing this year in terms of matchup. There's no stats. The only thing you can see is team stats. But the team itself did not match up with the other team. And that's why it gives me a weird feeling. And maybe it's something you don't want to deal with in the first round especially in a wildcard series with the playoffs being expanded, the route to the World Series is obviously a lot longer as pretty much there's a whole wildcard series before the ALDS. But maybe it's just something that I don't, you know, don't want to, the Jays don't have to cross paths with until maybe they win a series. That's just the feeling I'm getting. But honestly, when it comes down to it, I'm going to say it again, just because of, you know, the 60-game season, maybe not all these numbers are truly reflective of how it would go in a 162-game season, but I'm just happy the Jays are in, and I really don't care who they play in terms of that, but I just feel like it, they may, it would just be a little bit more familiar. Well, it obviously would be if they played the Tampa Bay Rays, and I'm sure the Rays would say the exact same about playing the Blue Jays, but it just gives me a weird feeling if they play any of the, those AL Central or even those AL West teams. I don't even know if that's possible, but it, it's more likely... Uh, Tampa or one of those three AL uh, Central teams because that division is very competitive and everything is still up in the air. They're all separated by within a game, within half a game. So it'll it'll be very interesting. But the the other thing about that too is with these teams not matching up with each other this season, like it, it makes it even more interesting and it, I think it would make it even more exciting for fans, for everybody around the game just because it'd be so hard to predict um, in particular of what's going to happen. And we, we know the way wildcard, or at least from past experiences, with the wild card game itself, you know how 
un, um, you know, you know how crazy and unpredictable it is. It's essentially a coin flip where you pretty much have every starting pitcher in your bullpen. Um, you know, there's a short leash like crazy, but in this case, it's going to be a wild card series. So I guess it would still have a little bit of a similar feeling, but probably not as crazy as a single game knockout. And a lot of that, it's it is very controversial around a lot of people who don't believe it's fair. But in this terms of an expanded postseason, it'd be a series. So who knows how it really will go. And like I said, it's going to be a new playoff structure for all of us. So it's going to be a brand new experience for all of us as well. Um, and yeah, I just it, it's very exciting for the Jays to, to just be in there. And that's all I'm kind of worried about this season, that they just got in rather than who they match up against their seeding. Just because of the past few years of the downward slope they went in. Because once they um, decided to enter a little bit of a rebuild, they fell off the map pretty quick. Uh, compared to where they were in 2015 and 2016, and there's no denying that based off the numbers, uh, it was a really, really steep fall for them. And it's just good to see them trending right in, right back in the direction of competing. And after this season, I'm sure the Jays have no question or no denying that they can compete. And this would probably lead to more additions in the future. And I'm just glad that it gave all of us kind of a vote of confidence. It gave the front office confidence. And um, let's see what they got uh, once it starts Tuesday. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the fact that this is now a series, the wild card round, rather than just one game. I'm just going to say I'm ecstatic about that. I think I, I've hated the wild card format. I mean, the Blue Jays, they did win their wild card game. Uh, I still don't think it's necessarily, you know, overly fair because, you know, one bad move and essentially your season's over. I mean, you can argue that. You Zach know, Britton. Th- yeah. <laughs> Legend has it he's still in that bullpen, but uh, you, can, <laughs> you can argue that you know the best teams, you know they they overcome those things. You know they win. If you're a really good team, you know you're gonna win even if you only have one opportunity to win. You know it's not like you can come back from a three-one deficit or you know any type of game deficit. You know it's just. But I think the fact that it's more than one game, it's good because I mean I'm not gonna excuse if the Blue Jays play bad in game one. You know, if Ryu, I mean, Ryu is kind of an exception because if he, I mean, if he gets rocked, I mean, I'm sure everyone's going to talk about it and they're going to be very concerned about it. But, you know, if the team in general, you know, they just look, I don't want to say that they don't have it, but if they, if you can tell, if, it, if they have those postseason jitters, you know, their first appearance for a lot of these guys, then it's not like, oh, sorry, you, you guys kind of had a, a tough situation in game one you know, see an extra. They at least, you know, they have a bit of flexibility. It also makes uh, matchups, not matchups, um, strategizing and planning for a whole series interesting because essentially, you know, if, if a guy, you know, like we mentioned Ryu, if he throws five, six, seven innings in game one, he's essentially out for the rest of the series. You know, you're not going to have him close game three if it comes to that. Or he's definitely not going to pitch in game two. And you never know. Madison I mean, Bumgardner, 2014 I mean, World it, Series, came out yeah, like true. every yeah. single day. Even even uh, David Price, 2015, game six in Kansas City, he came out of the bullpen. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's just the way they got that managers have to plan. You know, you have you know you have guys that are going to pitch game one. You have guys that are going to pitch game two. The bullpen's a little bit more flexible. Uh, I think in a five-game or even a seven-game series, you can definitely be a little bit more flexible. But when you really only have three games, some pitchers you might only see once or twice. I mean, if if it comes to down to the Blue Jays have two opportunities to close, obviously they're going to probably use, 
know, Dolis or Bass twice. I, I mean, they could use either or, but I mean, they're probably just going to go stay consistent. But it's just interesting the way that they plan. And, you know, you're not just saying, okay, everybody's available game one. It's more of we kind of have to strategically plan because, you know, if you go all in in game one and, you know, even if you win, you know, say you go all in in game two again and you end up losing, then it's just, it, it's just, it, it's a different kind of aspect of the game and it's just it'll be a little bit harder to plan but I think it's interesting I'm happy it's multiple games you know the Blue Jays have I mean like I said I don't want them to lose game one or game two but if it if they happen to struggle in one of the games they still have a bit of an opportunity although like I said I would prefer them to you know if they're going to win I would prefer them to win you know in two games because the last thing you want to do is go to sleep ridiculously angry because your team struggled (laughs) in the playoffs yeah, the pitching strategy is certainly something that's really, really interesting. It's weird because, like, yeah, to be fair, like, the Blue Jays aren't going to pitch Hyunjin Ryu more than, I guess, five innings probably that he pitches in his first start. Maybe upwards of six or even seven innings. We saw him make um, it into the seventh inning, throw 100 pitches in his last outing, which was wow. the first outing by a Blue Jay. Yeah, to, to, was shocked. to, to <laughs> record an out in the seventh inning since Jacob Waggis pack against the Los Angeles Dodgers last year. Jeez. So, but yeah, like Ryu isn't going to start more than one game, but it's a question of where Ryu starts. Like, logically, we would all think he starts the first game, but he has better stats pitching on, on five days of rest instead of four days of rest. Um, it's been shown all through last year, the Dodgers pretty much rolled him out, um, on five days of rest, pretty much every start instead of four days of rest, just cause he's better pitching that way. We don't really know why, but the same is held true this season. So you would think he lines up from his last start to game one of the American league wildcard series as four days of rest. So The Blue Jays might be trying to push him to Game 2, put Taiwan Walker in Game 1. We saw Walker in the game last night removed after just 42 pitches, 3 innings, even though he had not allowed a hit, he had struck out 4. So it looks like the Blue Jays are kind of strategizing here, setting it up so that Walker starts the first game, Ryu starts the second game, and then, you know, if needed, the Blue Jays roll out, I guess... Tanner Rourke? No. I don't know. No. <laughs> I, I would throw I don't Shoemaker who, and Pearson. The diesel truck Shoemaker, Pearson? No. I, who do you think makes the third start? I was just going to say, I think Shoemaker would start, you know, maybe three, four innings, and then Pearson. The thing about Shoemaker, though, like, he's been injured. Like, we don't really know how much he has in him at this point of the season. I think it's Shoemaker game three, and I think it's, um, I think it's Robbie Ray game four. I don't think Tanner Rourke. Game, but there's only it's only a three game series. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like I think that's how they would handle it in like a oh, traditional like series. Order. But yeah, I mean, isn't it five days of rest though? Thursday to Tuesday, because Friday he's off. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then on his fifth day would be Tuesday. Maybe that I don't know if that lines him up for game one, Ryu. But for well, hmm. Taiwan Walker, definitely almost certainly has to be in game two, or even like I said, he he'll be in one of those games for sure. But then, depending on how everything goes, if let's just say it's a best of three series, um, you know that game three. Let's just say it's one one in the series. It'll be interesting to see. Is it really Matt Shoemaker the Jays would throw out like that? Like it is a very interesting uh, discussion. Yeah, I wouldn't like. Obviously, we don't want Tanner Rourke. Like he's been 
horrible this season, but no, like the diesel truck doesn't uh, run in October. <laughs> uh, like I guess Robbie Ray. I when did Robbie Ray last start? Because I feel like that's the best choice the Blue Jays have. You may see, it, like you said too, it's a three game series, so you may see him out of the bullpen too, right? But right. In, in terms of if they advance, I, maybe he gets in a rotation, but. Uh, the last time Robbie Ray pitched... Yeah, I'm looking it up now. It September 23rd. Right so here. He pitched four 23rd. innings so that he's, day, which... He's definitely going to be rested. So that was Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, if they want to, I guess, push him off, I guess he would be lined up to start um, in terms of days of rest. Uh, he'd be lined up to start normally on Monday. Of course, there's no game Monday. So I guess you could push him, give him okay. a few extra days of rest, push him to... Thursday, the third game of that series, I, it's really a weird decision. So do you for the think Blue it would Jays. be Robbie Ray over Matt Shoemaker? I think so. I think the Blue Jays, yeah, trust him a little bit That's more. A He's one. had a, a good starts with the Blue Jays. I mean, he only gave up one run, which was unearned in his last outing over four innings. The start before that was a little bit more rough. He gave up five runs, but I think I, I think the Blue Jays trust him to some extent, and you know. You know, maybe they don't even go with a, a sort of starter in the third game. Maybe they just go with a kind of bullpen day. Um, they could go with, you know, like guys like Thomas Hatch. Maybe Anthony Kay comes back to the roster. Um, Chase Anderson's in the bullpen right, now. Chase, well, yeah. I don't want to see Chase Anderson. <laughs> no, I know. On, Ross Stripling. I mean, they could always Stripling, use Nate right. Pearson for a couple innings if they have yeah, to. Yeah, I think they could. Oh, yeah. I think the best approach they to They have take, a lot of options. Yeah, I think the best approach is probably kind of a, a patchwork of Pearson, Ross Stripling, Robbie Ray, no particular order there because I yeah, but they're in a weird position. They have kind of two bona fide starters, and then you know it's like what do they do after that? So, but yeah, I think I and I think it does line up for Hyunjin Ryu to start on five days of rest on Wednesday because he last pitched September twenty fourth, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Monday is four days of rest if he started Tuesday. So I think five days of rest okay, is starting yeah. Wednesday, if I'm getting that right. But, yeah, it's it's tough for the Blue Jays, and they're obviously strategizing. You can see in the games now, you know, in yesterday's game, after they clinched, they were kind of, to me at least, it seemed, focusing a lot on who they were going to bring out, um, who they were trying to rest. I was surprised they brought out Thomas Hatch. I thought they would try to rest him a little bit more, but there's definitely a lot of strategy going on here. Even Taiwan Walker, he only pitched what three innings, right? Yeah. And nothing was wrong with him. He was fine. He was smiling. It was a, an abbreviated start, so they, you know that he's getting ready too. Like I said, it's for sure going to be Walker, Ryu, or other way around for game one and two. That we know for sure. We just don't know what comes after a potential game three. Like, who knows? Like, it's so unpredictable. And like I said earlier many times, this is something that pretty much no team has ever experienced in a wild card series with the expanded playoffs. So you know that everyone is trying to figure out to any extent or going through so many possibilities of what can happen through the bullpen, uh, like who would come in, right? It's just, it's completely unpredictable. Maybe they don't even have a starter for game three yet. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have an idea, but maybe, you know, it's all subject to change based off of one or two games. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I mean, I, I think, like we said earlier, it's probably game three is probably not going to have a stereotypical starter. I mean, you're going to have a guy that starts the game and pitches in the first inning, but it's probably just going to be, you know, a two, three inning outing. 
nothing wrong with that. I mean, you can, like you said, we, there's the Blue Jays have plenty of options that they can, you know, they can throw Robbie Ray for two innings, Pearson for two, three if they want. I mean, I prefer more than two innings out of each guy if, or in the early to middle innings. But worst case, they have the guys to take over anywhere from one to three innings. And I mean, it's definitely interesting. I mean, a couple of years ago, this would have been no question. Any baseball team would have had a starter in mind, but it's just interesting the way the game has evolved. And it's more of, well, hey, we have all these bullpen guys, and we have all these guys that we can just, you know, rely on for a couple innings. Why don't they just go give it their all for two innings rather than have to worry about pitching seven? I mean, one thing uh, Buck Martinez and Dan Showman have mentioned so many times about Nate Pearson and him pitching out of the bullpen is he can throw 100 miles an hour for two innings or three innings and not have to worry about extending himself. And I mean, last last night against Baltimore, I believe he he capped out at 101, which was good. I thought he looked good. He was, I mean, he had some hard contact, but overall his fastball was nice. His breaking ball were, they were moving well. I thought they were good. But, you know, if they want him to only, you know, get six, seven outs, he can go and throw as hard as he needs to in order to do that instead of trying to uh, extend himself. And I think that would definitely be an interesting way to approach it. And, you know, if if it works, I mean, then it'll probably happen for the rest of the playoffs if the Blue Jays advance. But it's, you know, I don't think that we're going to see, you know, a five to seven out, inning outing out of anybody in game three if it gets to that point. Yeah, or in any game, really. I think the Blue Jays are sticking hard and fast to their third time through the lineup rule. Whether they should be or not is another question, but yeah. Well, I mean, in all seriousness, I know we joke about the diesel truck, but just because he was part he was part of the rotation this year, do you think he even gets on the playoff roster? Do you think he would be used as a potential bullpen option? I don't even know where to think I, what to think of Tanner Rourke. I don't think I don't think Tanner Rourke makes it onto the yeah. the roster for the at least the first series. I think the Blue Jays after the first series, kind of need him for the division series just the way things line up. Because, well, I mean, there are a lot of days of rest between the, the wildcard series and the division series because wildcard series, the last game is Thursday, October 1st, and the division series starts October 5th. Yeah, so in that time, I I guess you have time to figure out, you know, kind of what you're doing. Um, but I think they have to at least stick him on the roster for the division series. If they make it that far, but I don't, he's not getting on the roster for the wild card. Oh my God. (laughs) Just being honest. It's unfortunate. It's, it's unfortunate, but you know, when you have, when you really have almost no room for error, you know, you, you get blown out in game one. Well, you go win two straight or else, uh, go back to Toronto. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, he, he's been on the roster the whole year, so I could see him saying, you know, I was part of this twenty-four team. million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> don't remind you know, it's, me. It's it's tough. Yeah, and even throughout the rest of the team, you know, another big piece that they'll be missing is Rowdy Telez. It doesn't look like he's going to be on um, the wild card roster. He's pretty much only running right now. He's like he's barely or just beginning to do baseball activities again. So it doesn't look like he's going to be ready. And another interesting name I I was just wondering about too was who knows maybe Jordan Romano's ready, but I we haven't really heard enough. Uh, but I guess you can't rule that out. Even maybe he's ready to come in. Maybe he's that that one. I don't know for sure because we haven't really heard much other than he's starting to throw again. But 
I guess you can't rule out Jordan Romano, and he was one of the best pieces this year in the bullpen. So, Yeah, from my impressions of the news that we were getting, I think he was throwing a bullpen yesterday or maybe today, and it sounded like if the bullpen was successful, he might be coming off the injured list. So, like, maybe he makes it back for the wildcard series. That would certainly be a big lift for the Blue Jays if they Absolutely. could get him in the bullpen. Uh, but yeah, I would I would much rather the Blue Jays keep a guy on the roster, like even a guy like Sean Reed Foley or Patrick Murphy or Anthony Kay instead of Tanner Rourke. Just because <laughs> like, in a three-game series, you don't need to carry another starter. And I would much rather see them carry a more effective reliever out of the bullpen. Yeah, the way it's gone with Tanner Rourke the past few starts is you know that there there is going to be at least five runs on the board by the fifth inning for the other team. And it it hasn't gotten good. So, you know, bringing him into a potential elimination game would pretty much scream danger from the get-go. So I think I think it definitely would be better if they leave him off the roster. And, um, you know, another question I had too was, like, where do you guys, how do you guys think the role of Alejandro Kirk pays out in the uh, wildcard series mm-hmm. with his bat? I know he's not as good defensively as Danny Jansen, but he's the one that's pretty much leading the way now in terms of offense for the the catchers. I, I don't think he's going to catch Ryu at all. Uh, and Danny Jansen's, you know, it's been obvious even with Kirk's uh, su- success at the plate that mm-hmm. D- Danny Jansen's still going to catch him. I think they're going to go with Danny Jansen catching. I mean, if they want to do a defensive substitution, they can do it late in the game. Uh, you think Kirk DHs? That, yeah, that's what I was going to say. If yeah. if the Blue Jays face a lefty, you know, such as uh, Blake Snell, I think he'll DH. Uh, as we saw against when the Blue Jays were against Jordan Montgomery in, in New York or in Buffalo against New York, he DH'd. And again, Buck Martinez said this is probably what the playoffs uh, are going to consist of, you know, DHing Kirk. Although the only issue, like they said, is if Danny Jansen gets injured, Kirk has to, you know, if they want to keep another catcher, you know, whatever, but they're going to have to give up their DH in order to uh, fill in for that. You always run that risk, but, I mean, the, Kirk, uh, he's, he, I like him, but I don't think that it's responsible for the Blue Jays to throw him into the playoffs as a defensive catcher. I mean, he can bat, but uh, it's I, I don't think, it's not that I don't want to see him because I think he's a good, you know, he's a good player, but you can't, you got to give, I mean, Danny Jansen's not the most experienced catcher, but relative to Kirk, he's a lot more experienced. And like we said, with Ryu, Danny Jansen's going to catch him. So, I mean, if, if Kirk wants to take over for a full game, it's going to most likely be game two. I don't think you'd catch game three, but yeah, it's just, that's just, I think Danny Jansen's their guy. Yeah. Danny Jansen is definitely catching Ryu. Um, I don't really know the reason why. Like, I know the Blue Jays have a good reason for it. Like, he's matched up well with Ryu. It seems like they get along well. We've seen, I mean, just earlier today, I saw a video on Twitter showing um, all of the um, strike calls that Danny Jansen caught with Ryu on the mound that were not actually strikes. So something like 30, which is, I think, top 15 in the majors for any pitcher and catcher combination. So, like, he definitely lines up well, and I definitely want to see Danny Jansen catching with Ryu. Um, it's just, how do you get Alejandro Kirk's bat in the lineup? And maybe, you know, you just pinch hit with Kirk later in the game. Maybe you DH him. Um, but it's a difficult balancing act for the Blue Jays. 
honestly, I think I would like to see them DH him. Uh, you don't really have a clear DH in this lineup right now. Of course, you can, I guess, give Vladdy a day off in the field. You can do all sorts of weird things and move pieces around, but um, I think the best way to do it is just DH Kirk. You know his bat is going to be really good. He's been lighting it up in the batter's box so far. So, yeah, I think DHing him is the best way to do it. And also, the Rays haven't seen Kirk. I mean... That's also true. They, they, I mean, they can watch videos, but, you know, that's a lot different from, you know, physically, you know, pitching to him. So who knows how that goes? Yeah, I, you know, the impact he's made, and of course, if, what I'm talking about too, and you guys know, is the offensive part of his game, obviously. And, you know, him DHing, def, it definitely creates a risk, like you said, Jacob, the possibility of an injury where he may have to come in as a catcher, and then you get rid of the DH rule, and then, you know, you're pretty much playing old or pre-2020 National League rules for an American League team, which is, you know, obviously a roster's not built for that, or no roster's built for that this season. But, you know, in terms of who or what offense, you're, you know, the better lineup, you, I, you, you have to imagine you have to have Kirk in there, especially if Blake Snell, for example, is going to pitch game one. That's a lefty. You know, you, like, why wouldn't you want to have Kirk in the lineup as a DH? So it'll be interesting to see um, how he factors in. But, you know, he definitely has... You know, I think it's safe to say he will be on the America or the wild card roster, and you know, there's still a little, a little bit other, a few other question marks, but I think majority of it, I think we have it covered, and I think you know we got a pretty good idea of what it's going to look like um, come Tuesday. But it's going to be an exciting series for sure, and like I said, probably going to be unpredictable because first of all, no matter what season, normal season, pandemic season, the wild card rounds are, or wild card games are always unpredictable, and it's always essentially a coin flip, but. Maybe a series this season and maybe beyond will make it a little bit, little bit more um, predictable, maybe by a bit. But you know, just the name wild card gets you thinking and gets you knowing that something that something will happen that you did not predict. Okay, last thing before we wrap up, final predictions for this series. Next time we're going to record is Saturday, October third. Once the series is wrapped up, so do you think the Blue Jays are going to win it? Um, how do you think it's going to go? It's hard. I'm. I, I think you're the gonna, optimist. I, I think they're going to win in three games. Okay. I don't know. It's hard to predict individual game scores, but I think in the end of it, you know, whether they win game one, you know, they go win, lose, win, or you know, lose, win, win, whatever it is. I think they're going to win three games, or at least the two of the three in advance. I think it's going to three games. And I think the Jays lose one, and I think they win two straight. Okay. I think, I just, you know, I don't know. I just, it just reminds me of 2015 where the Jays were down 2-0, going back to Texas. Their back's against the wall, and they managed to win. And I know it was a different roster. I just have that feeling that they're going to, they're going to, they may lose game one, but I think they win the next two. I, I do think they upset Tampa Bay. Well, right. if it's Tampa Bay, I guess it, it could be a different, like if they're playing one of the American, or, AL Central teams, I guess I may have a different prediction, but if they play Tampa, it's I think it's going to three games regardless of who wins. I'm going to be uh, the optimist here. I'm going to say two games. Blue Jays win them wow. both. I think they're heating up okay. at the right time. Randall Grishik's heating up. Vladdy's heating up. Teoscar Hernandez is staying hot. Bo Bichette. Danny Jansen even heating up. I think, I think they can do it in two games. They have Ryu and Walker roll them out. I think they can do it. So that's my final Both prediction. are on fire, too. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what Walker happens. Walker looks really good, too. So next time we talk, it's going to be October 3rd, and the Blue Jays will either be eliminated or they're moving on to the division series. 
stressful. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's going to be a fun week. But until then, thank you to everyone for listening. And as always, you can find our podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Section138Pod. You can rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, it helps spread the word. Until next week, watch the Blue Jays. Pray for them to get some good luck. We'll catch you there.